0: Previously on Chosen Ones, our heroes continue forward, Avaith looking into the other god that had fought Nather and discovering it to be Varada, the elemental god of darkness, wrath, and grief. As they stop to rest for the evening, Avaith is awoken to find that the purple veins on his neck have turned silver and a growth has formed in the center of his head, leading Brandy to theorize that he might be turning into some kind of tiefling. With little else they can do at the moment, he goes back to sleep, and Brandy casts dream on Libris, and in an attempt to get help. Instead he encounters Winona, a white butterfly flying around her that he quickly puts together as Dashi. He leaves this dream to try someone else, this time visiting Estel, entering her dream. He witnesses a conversation taking place between her and another Shadow Fae holding the Mask of Slain. He learns that the creature was actually Carmentus, the first chosen one, and also Estel's uncle. Brandy relays everything that has happened, and asks for help to get back to the compound. Estelle tells him to go back to the old location, and Arthur will teleport them after he moves his lab. She warns him that if things keep going the way they are, the universe as a whole may be in danger. Meanwhile, Shuey has a strange dream of his own, meeting the creature that named itself Abaddon. He asks Shuey what he desires, and the bard answers to take away the bad things. As Shuey prepares to wake up from the dream, the figure suddenly is in front of him, ordering him to remember what had just happened, so that everyone knows. Abaddon is coming.
1: So, as you kind of come back from that little experience that you just had, Shuey, everyone wakes up, including Brandy, at the same time.
2: As Shuey?
1: Yep. Oh. All of you wake up at the same time. But as you are waking up, um, you all see each other's eyes kind of just glow very bright white for a moment, like your eyes kind of glaze over. And watching each other seem to just suddenly be pulled back into your heads as this sort of... Something that you're realizing in the moment is definitely a memory. It starts to come to all of the surfaces of your mind. Um, and Shui, it feels as if you are transported backwards to about a year prior, um, as you watch this memory through your own eyes, in this very surreal experience of being aware of your current surroundings in the real world, but also watching this memory that has already occurred. Um, and in this memory, you see yourself. You're currently at the edge of the Wicklow Ocean, Standing out from the docks as Dashi stands next to you. Uh, the city of Greenflower is alive, with activity behind you as if no tragedy has ever befallen it. Um, and you do not have your sword at this point. This was before you got the Beast Beastblade. Um, but Dashi is currently holding hers and is looking at you with a very tight smile. Um, and she's just like,
3: You said you felt that the ocean has been calling you during our training, right? Yeah,
2: there's something about it, um, that I can't quite put my finger on, but I hear it.
3: That likely means,
1: if you are going to get a sword like your mother, you're being called towards where your
3: sword rite will take place.
2: Um, there's something... like, under the water?
3: I...
1: No offense, Shui. I highly doubt you're ready for a sword, right? No,
2: what do you- I can do it! I can hold my
1: breath almost as long as you can! (sighs) This isn't just a matter of holding your breath, Shui. The ocean is a dangerous place.
2: Uh, he just kind of looked out over the water. Master Dashi, you've chained me for anything. I can do it, I promise.
1: We're going to start with exercises, okay? We're not going to jump right into this as if- your sword's going to pop out out of nowhere. It took your mother years to find hers. More exercise? Sure, you love exercise. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he uh, he smiles, like a little teasing smile. <laughs> but I feel so ready to do it, like,
1: now. Then let's start with a test. Uh, and she, still holding her sword kind of puts her hand out over the docks and drops it into the water, and you hear it splash as it hits the surface and very quickly sinks because that is a very heavy metal sword that she has. Um, and she holds out a hand to, like, stop you before you even try and grab it. He was about to try um, and grab it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she sounds like she's counting down for a few seconds, counts up to about 30 seconds, uh, and then looks to you and says, Go get it.
2: Um, oh, why did Okay, he says, um, and he takes a big, big, big breath, and then he's going to dive into the water.
1: Gotcha. Go ahead and roll a con save say for me. Okay. Fifteen. Fifteen? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you're swimming pretty strongly uh, through those waters. You managed to get enough of a big breath that you reached the bottom of the ocean pretty easily. Um, no real struggle, and you're close enough to the shore that the bottom of the ocean is not super far. It's about 10, 15 feet down. Mm-hmm. Um and the water is very clear here, uh, and it's the middle of the day, so very bright, and you're looking around for the sword. Why don't you roll me a perception check?
2: Okay, what's this perception? An 11.
1: (laughs) So you're looking around in the water, despite um, it being very clear, and you having swam in these waters your whole life, and knowing the shoreline pretty well, um, you've kicked up a lot of sand on your way down, and it's kind of difficult for you to see. And as you're looking around, you do see something uh, kind of brightly glimmering out of place in the sand. Not sure if it's the sword or not.
2: Um, he's gonna swim over to it.
1: Okay. Um, so you swim over to it, and this um, it just looks like a very clean, uh, white bit kind of sticking out of the water.
2: Well, that's weird and should be like shiny things so he's gonna kind of pick it up
1: okay um, <laughs> <laughs> you reach to pick it up and as you kind of start to try and pick up this kind of shiny white thing that's uh buried in the sand um you're pulling it out and you're pulling it slowly out of the sand and you your hand kind of goes inside like a couple like a pocket of it and as you're pulling it out you realize you're holding the head of a skeleton that is still connected to the other bones that are kind of going down. Um, And as you're pulling it out, it starts to move. The skeleton? Very quickly, yes. Very quickly, it starts as if you have almost awoken it as you Uh, grabbed it out of the
3: water. Good morning, sunshine. Um, It
1: it reaches forward and just quickly grabs your arm as you are um, holding its head and just like snaps its, its head up and like pretty much breaks your grip immediately and is kind of quickly trying to pull you down as you are holding on to its head.
2: I'm going to crush it (coughs) very simply.
1: (laughs) Okay, go ahead and roll an attack against it. Okay,
2: he's going to attack it. 19.
1: 19? Okay, yeah, you give it a good solid hit uh, with your uh, unarmed strike there, and you hear within the water, uh, kind of softened by the water around you, like a crack sound as you smack it into the skull. Um, But as you do so and you crack that skull, This kind of like these black tendrils start to come out of the skull and start to very slowly wrap around it and seem to be making this kind of form in front of you. Uh, This figure is now kind of completely coated in this black substance. It started slowly at first and then almost extremely rapidly covered the entirety of its surface and is creeping up the arm that is grabbing you right now and you see on this black surface of where the face would be on the skull, two very bright white eyes open up and the face kind of elongate into what seems to be a beak as it is reaching and just strangling you. Uh, Can you make a strength check for me?
2: Yes, 20, not natural.
1: You feel like you are starting to get out of this creature's grip, but it just will not let you go i'm oh um, like you are drug ju- you are just struggling against it and as it is uh one arm is wrapped around your arm the other one comes up and grabs you around the neck that one which is already covered in that black substance that is now starting to spread across you i need you to roll another con save
2: oh that's fine he's not breathing anyway <laughs> no um okay uh con. 12 12 <laughs>
1: Uh, you feel your breath kind of as it squeezes you. Just You see bubbles just coming out of your mouth and going up towards the surface um, as it just squeezes tighter and tighter. And that black substance goes into your mouth as you are trying to uh, hold on to your breath.
4: Uh-huh. Um,
1: yep. And as you are kind of starting to lose consciousness and you see its beaked face just open up, splitting a the way beaks normally don't split down the middle um, and lets out a very terrifying scream that just fills your entire head. Um, and you're going to take, first off for a little wisdom save.
2: Okay. <laughs> this is an automatic.
1: <laughs>
2: this is before he has his venison. Uh, this is before yeah. you have your,
1: your, what'd you get?
2: What the, what? <laughs> Two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Two? <laughs> no. Um, you're going to take 24 psychic damage as it screams. Yep. Um, And as that happens, and the secondary effect of that scream seems to take over you, and you start to lose consciousness and just slowly fade as your body stops struggling and this creature just slowly starts to pull you forward. And as your eyes are flickering in and out, um, you just see kind of like long black hair coming off from this creature and the beak's still open and screaming. And it seems to almost start to enlarge in size as it starts to drag you deeper into the water. Um, And your consciousness just goes out. You are Mm -hmm. unconscious now.
2: Oh my goodness. It's dark and it's cold, guys. And it tastes horrible.
1: (laughs) And as you are unconscious, you feel yourself kind of drifting within nothingness for a long time. You get this sense that you're definitely dying before you seem to hit something as you're drifting into this nothingness. Mm -hmm. And you look up to see a creature about 15 feet tall with four limbs and a slithering tail for its lower half towering over you and a mouth opening right next to your face uh, in the middle of where its stomach you suppose would be and it's staring at you with a single yellow eye from a head covered in horns as you're just drifting in this black space
2: he's thinking well can he can he move like at all
1: Not really. It's like you're in water still. Um, You do hear it speak to you as you run into it. Hello.
5: It seems
4: you're under a lot of stress.
5: (laughs) She
2: blinks at first. Would you like help? (laughs) He tries to nod his head.
5: I'm here to activate your
2: spark. <laughs> uh, he confusion, but um, he is nodding his head.
4: The one you currently have, I was warned, is artificial, so this might not work.
2: More confusion. Artificial? What does that mean?
1: you see this creature lean down, uh, having to bend quite a bit to be down at your eye level with this giant eye just staring in front of you, almost the size of your head as it's leaning down, uh, just staring directly at you with that bright yellow eye. And it seems like a beam of light shoots right out at you. And as it does, a glowing white dagger appears in your hand that you feel. um, It almost feels like an extension of yourself. You're not even aware of it for a moment before your hands kind of just slowly uh, clasp it very warm and comforting and like it's something that you've always had that's just now there
2: he's uh looking at it kind of like captivated by it and he's like bringing it closer and closer to his face if that's something he can do right now yes yeah yeah okay. and he is going to stab himself with it <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah, you feel yourself, stab yourself with that, and it's like a double feeling. Like you feel it here, and you also kind of feel it like in a different place, like almost like this is like a dream, and you're kind of like pulling yourself back into reality, like as if someone like has hit you. Um, and as this strange black void you were floating in starts to fade, uh, you hear that creature say one final thing to you.
4: It's a lucky day. You get to keep playing this game of pretend a little longer
1: and you wake back up in an instant. You blink and your eyes are back open, and that creature that you have seen before that has grabbed you has nearly tripled in size, a very strange tail lashing out against the sand at the bottom of the ocean as it continues to drag you downwards. But in your hand, you still have that glowing white dagger.
2: I'm going to you stab it.
1: <laughs> Go ahead and make an attack roll. 24. As you lean forward and stab it with that dagger, uh, right on its hands that is currently grabbing you around the neck, uh, you see it very quickly let go as the black tendrils that are kind of covering that hand start to pull back, um, and kind of start to recede and you see the bone again underneath, and you hear it shriek again um, in pain at that as it looks back at you, seeming very surprised that you just did that. And you also are surprised, because that weapon that you just used on yourself and healed yourself a moment ago seemed to just do damage to this creature. Mm-hmm. But you got away currently. You are not held by it at the
2: moment. He is going to back up, though. He's not thinking about whether it's going to attack him or not, because he just kind of stabbed it.
1: Um, It is going to try and grab you again, if you could roll another athletics for me. Twenty. You've got a 19. Oh! oh, 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 oh. So you managed to push yourself away from it, still moving your 30 feet distance back, or however many feet. You're weird. You have more feet than normal. (laughs) Um, But you are underwater, so you can only move half speed. But yeah, you've managed to get some distance between you and this creature. What are you doing?
2: He's going to try to find Dashi's sword so he can grab it and get the heck out of there.
1: (laughs) Okay, it's going to try and grab you again.
2: Okay. It's
1: another 19, so tell me what you roll.
2: Roll 16 this time. Possible, I mean.
1: you'll definitely pass based okay. on your last
2: roll okay so he somehow manages to squirm out of the way and he's going to perceive the area around him right now he's looking for Dashi's sword 14 14
1: 14. i'll say with a 14 um pushing yourself back you do see um, a little bit towards the direction that you had come from uh pretty much almost directly where dashi had dropped it you see it glint uh, glinting in the sand
2: It's going to go swim to it.
1: (laughs) Okay, Uh, you can get close enough. It's within 30 feet of you, but that will be your turn again.
2: Yes. Can I pick it up? Yeah, you can pick it up. Okay, he picks it up.
1: Uh, You see this creature approach you again. He's going to try and grab you. Wow, that sucked. That was a 15. 16! Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 16! It, it, it tries to grab you again and you very, uh, very easily, or not easily. easily. but very, <laughs>
5: Yeah, not easily, never
1: mind. You very not easily get out of the way. <laughs> um, and you see it seems very frustrated at that. You see it kind of like opening and closing its beak again, like it seems like it's about to scream. It is your turn.
2: I'm going to swim away, please. I would like to swim away, please.
1: Okay, you can roll in athletics to try and break the surface. Fifteen. You kind of kick off um, of the ground as you grab this sword. It it tried to swipe at you and you very quickly just kind of pushed off the ground and got enough momentum there to start to make your way up and out of its reach. Cause I'm assuming you disengaged was your action. Yes. And that was you doing your movement. So yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, you push yourself back up towards the surface and you hear very distantly as you're swimming up uh, the start of that scream but you your head breaks the surface of the water before you can feel the full effects of it. Um, And as you're looking kind of down towards the water, uh, you feel that memory kind of start to fade that you just had. The creature down there, both creatures that you just encountered, just kind of very quickly and seamlessly start to leave your mind as you are just floating up on the water with Dashi's sword in hand. And you look down, there's nothing there. And you see Dashi standing next to the dock and being like, that took you a few moments longer than I
3: thought it would
2: he like takes a hand and like you know, kind of touches his his throat and he's like
1: um it was just really dark perhaps we need to do some more training and that's where that memory ends so theo this same sensation that shui just experienced of seeing through your own eyes and watching the actions of your past self also begins to happen to you You are currently in your freshman year of college on an expedition to locate samples of a very rare plant that grows along Mirror Peak Mountains. Um, You are currently walking alongside your professor, Holly Mattelief, who has been pointing out different animal tracks along the way, Um, and you've just been kind of investigating with her as you go. Your classmates are with you. You don't really know them. It's still the first week of classes, and this is supposed to be a very easy and simple just expedition to show you the general wildlife get some samples from these plants and head back to college you're currently next to your professor you're at the head of the group pretty close to her she's looking around and she's pointing things out and she's just like those are owl bear tracks so everyone be careful don't go near that way and then over that way we see there is oh don't know what that is so we're not going to go that way and just keeps walking forward Theo
6: was interested in the owlbear tracks, he was like, oh my god, owlbear tracks, I want to see. So he looks over there, and then when she points over to the, like, a, I don't know what that is, Theo looks over there as well. What is it?
1: Uh, kind of looks like a dirt trail that kind of is going off in that direction.
6: Oh, so it doesn't really seem like anything.
1: Yeah, it just seems like something was, like, dragged that way at some point.
6: Oh, dragged that way. 'Cause I was picturing like, Oh, it's just, just part of the trail, it's going another way, but no. That's um interesting. He will stick with the group though, because going off on his own it would be stupid.
1: Okay, um, so yeah, she's still talking, um, and she's she's saying things like, "You all can do your own looking around if you want to. We're just finding this very specific flower. If you find it, let me know." She's holding up kind of pictures. It's this uh, purple flower with this interior bright pink spot. It is known as uh, the peak flower, named after the mountain. Basically, as far as you have been briefed, it is just like a very simple healing plant that is used. Um, no magical properties to it. Just simple healing plant that's used for like pain relief um, and to speed up like uh, blood clotting and stuff. Cool. Theo is gonna look for it. Okay, uh, you can go ahead and roll a nature check. I would no, I would say survival because you're trying to find it. 17. 17? You did pretty good. Yeah, you find kind of like a very bright flower patch that has a lot of different varieties here in this area. Um, if you want now, you can roll a nature check to try and identify it. Hell yeah. Twenty. You find it pretty easily looking around this field. Uh, you just kinda go right up to it. You don't pull it out because you know you're just kind of, you're supposed to be kind of like waiting for the professor essentially to, to give you instructions after you find it. But you do find it. So unfortunate because he does kinda want to pick it, but um I mean you can not follow instructions. <laughs> He'll
6: inspect the it and the things around it like he wants to check out if like the leaves are looking nice and if the stem is healthy
1: you rolled pretty high on your nature check so i'll say um with that you're looking at it and it's In pretty good shape. This flower in particular, you know, has trouble growing and has trouble especially staying alive in this region because a lot of animals like to eat them. But as you are kind of looking around and looking at it, you see underneath one of its petals is this little tiny pile of these little white orbs. No bigger than the tip of your index finger. Little white orbs. Investigation 10. You're looking at them and it seems to be some kind of nest. Some kind of nest.
6: So, like, I don't know if it's for insects
1: or birds or... or Yeah, you don't know. Um, but as you're looking at that, you see your professor kind of come up next to you uh, and lean down and be like, Oh, good job, Theo, you found it. I mean, it didn't seem too hard to... I just saw the colors from the corner of my eye, so... Well, you were the first one in the group to find it, so good job. Good day for a rookie. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, cool. Um, and she's looking down at it, and it's just like, pulls out a little notebook from uh, her satchel and hands it to you with a pen. Is like, why don't you take some sketches of it first before we pluck it?
6: Theo brightens up a bit and gives a nod. And he's like, oh, sure, of course. He's gonna do that. Uh, go ahead and roll performance. Shit.
1: <laughs> Shit. Eight. <laughs> you start to sketch, and she's she's looking at it, and... Yeah, she's like frowning a little bit. But as she's looking at your sketches, she kind of looks back up towards the group that she left to go check on you. And you see her frown immediately um, as she is looking, seems very particularly at someone. um, And is just like, wait, when did, I thought they were suspended. Um, And she kind of smiles at you hesitantly and is just like, hold on Theo, keep drawing those flowers. You'll get it next time. Uh, And she gets up and starts to move back towards the group.
6: Uh, okay, I, uh, uh, he was like gonna mention the little white specks, but then she goes and so he's like, well, continues to draw, um, I guess it's like he's holding it in his hand, like
1: there's no surface to set down. <laughs> As you're drawing, um, you see her kind of approaching from the corner of your eye, I see her approaching a triton that's in the group uh, who's kind of standing on the edge and she approaches him and you see him kind of start and she seems to be very aggressively talking to him and he kind of lowers his head um, as you're continuing to draw that those flowers. Um, he looks with like an
6: eyebrow raised a bit. He heard the whole, um, I thought they were suspended. So he doesn't know the deal with that, but it seems like they aren't aggressive. It seems like they just kind of mousy, I guess. So he just watches for a
1: little bit, because it don't seem right. (laughs) As you are watching them, I want you to roll a duck save. Not 20. (laughs) Oh, damn. Okay, yeah. So as you are kind of sketching these flower petals, you see very quickly kind of coming out underneath the brush nearby, just this incredibly large snake. After you hear a little bit of rattling as like a warning but you had been too distracted looking off to where the teacher was. Um, And you see it just kind of just jump out at you, trying to bite you as you see see an Ashander Cobra, uh, one of the most venomous snakes in the entire continent, try and bite you um, as you quickly bounce out of the way. He bounces up and
6: does, like, a little flare with the... Not a flare, but, like, he he kind of, like, waves it away with the little pad of paper, kind of freaking out a little bit. And then he's like, oh, I think I know what those white specks
1: were. I need you to roll another deck save. 21. <laughs> okay, one second. Yeah, okay. As you jump backwards, uh, you hear an additional rattling sound coming from behind you as you see another Ashander Cobra kind of sneaking up from behind you, a second one, try to bite your leg. And again, you jump out of the way. Oh
6: God, oh my God, why over here? Why now?
1: Um, He's like flailing around. (laughs) Yeah, you see your professor's head turn as she hears you screaming essentially uh, and her eyebrows raise. Uh, What are you doing?
6: Uh, He's basically like Flailing around, <laughs> like you know how people with mice kind of like do a little hoppy steppy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, he's doing that and also kind of like swishing the little journal back and forth to like kind of hope that it'll swat them if they try to get too close. Uh, he's trying to back away. Uh, I would say.
1: Okay. Um, if you're trying to back away, you are within their range. They will get opportunity attacks against you. Cool.
6: He doesn't know D D yet.
1: um and these are just attacks they're not saves now that you've seen them these aren't any surprise kind of things so that first one is a 12 so i don't think that hits you even at this level yeah that doesn't hit and the other one is a 16 yes that hits so as you are backing away your teacher's kind of shouting out theo what are you doing are you dancing and (laughs) uh, this snake Uh, just jumps up at you and you hear her scream as she sees it and it latches onto your arm and instantly just searing pain all up and down your arm (sighs) and your vision just kind of starts to blur but not go out just get incredibly blurry as it almost seems like the world around you just loses color as this happens okay well
6: he was shouting like danger right before he got bit um and as he's fading out he i guess mutters like danger like you know fading
1: um so you find this world as it kind of loses color and you're just standing there almost you yourself frozen as this pain is going through your arm you feel a shadow kind of go over you from behind in this moment and the pain stops. The snake is still in your arm, but it kind of just seems to entirely stop for a moment as the shadow goes over you. He's like, oh, I'm dying? You hear from behind you. Who are you?
6: (sighs) He stumbles if he can?
1: Yeah, you can. Can you turn around? Yes. He turns around. You see that very giant, tall, spider-like creature with the snake-like tail and the, the uh, mouth in the middle of where its stomach would be and the yellow eye staring at you with the horns.
6: Uh, he does another little scream uh, and falls back onto his butt, basically. He's just like, ah! <laughs> oh, and then he trips
1: and falls back. It kind of moves towards you closer at that to the point where it is leaning directly above you. Its face is almost directly like inches away from yours as it's looking at you.
6: Uh, 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 Am I dead? I don't have you in my notes. Uh, I don't know what that means. Is this your first draft?
1: I, I don't know what that means. You see it kind of back away at that as it seems to be thinking and like cocking its head a little bit at you. And then you see it bow to you. He
6: looks confused, and he's like, um... Actually, he, he looks at it confused, and then, after a moment, uh, he looks over to the snake in his arm still, and he starts uh, patting his own face to, like, try to wake himself up. And he's like, it's a dream! It's a dream! I, I'm, I'm dying! I'm a, or i am poisoned or something! It's
4: so rare that new characters are added to these stories. I'm honored to meet you. Uh, uh, uh,
6: uh. He's just kind of looking
1: around at the things that he can see, just freaking out. Yep, everyone's frozen. You see your teacher frozen. You see all of the students frozen, kind of looking in your direction. Um, And this creature seems to almost become aware of the fact that, like, you are very clearly in a moment of panic. It seemed to have been, like, very keen on trying to figure out who and what you were. And as it kind of realizes that you are in peril, it looks at the snake on your arm, cocks its head at that and just says
4: can't have you dying here then
1: and it vanishes and the world starts again around you as that pain in your arm does not come back the snake is still hanging on to you though
6: uh uh he starts um because i imagine the snake starts moving again yep Yeah, okay. He starts smacking its head and such, and kind of, like, kicking at the other one so that it doesn't come near. Just trying to get it off of him.
1: Uh, You can go ahead and roll, we'll say, a strength check if you're trying to pull it off of you.
6: He's trying to smack it off of him. He's not trying to pull it, because that would pull his skin. Then you
1: can do an unarmed strike.
6: Uh, So, (laughs) that one.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, yeah, you're trying to hit it. You are very unsuccessfully getting it off. Um, but as you are doing that, you see your professor kind of run up and point to this monster and seems like her eyes kind of flash for a moment. Not monster, sorry. Point to the snake. Monster to you in the moment, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah she points at that snake and you see it kind of freeze up and let go of you and drop as it seems to be stunned. And she's running up to you and sees the other snake trying to go for you again is very quickly dragging you and she's just like oh gosh oh gosh it was a very poisonous oh no and is like trying to pull you out of the field uh, the, is that
6: i don't feel anything is that the effect of the venom is it does it uh, numb you
1: uh. She's looking at you and then as she's pulling you away, she seems to kind of register what that snake was and seems extremely confused as she is pulling you away and is like shouting at the other students to be like, We need to get out of here immediately. If these things bite you, you die almost instantly. We need to go. And she is like moving and pulling you away, but still seems very concerned. You very clearly had the snake right in your arm, but you don't seem to be experiencing any effects. Theo, are you sure it broke the skin? Yes. Yes,
6: I, when at first, it was, it was very painful. I don't think I would n- miss that. But I don't, I don't, I don't feel it now. I, are you, sh- what do you know
1: about the venom properties? They kill you almost instantly. It is a magical snake that paralyzes you and then shuts down your heart. Within a minute. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, uh,
6: am I still, oh God. God, am I I still
1: hallucinating? He smacks his face a few times. She kind of just puts both of her hands on your shoulders is looking you up and down. You see her whispering something and you feel, even though you haven't lost any hit points, like definitely she's casting some kind of healing on you um, as she's looking you up and down. And she's just like, it's okay. We'll get you to the nurse's office right away.
3: Okay. Okay. We'll figure out
1: what's wrong with you and as she says that that memory very quickly just fades away um, or not fades away but like the memory of that creature does essentially but that snake encounter is still present in your mind he's like holding his arm carefully
6: because despite it not being in pain he feels as if he's still in danger again he he's assuming that there's some sort of numbing agents in within the venom
1: yeah yeah for sure Um, And they quickly start to lead you away. And um, your professor is leading you back to the carriages that you and the students took to be able to get to the mountains and very quickly start heading back to the college. And she's monitoring you the whole time, just incredibly worried and concerned. And she's checking where this thing very clearly broke your skin. She's looking at her notes, trying to confirm that yes, that was the creature that you saw. um, And you just have memories of being rushed into the nurse's office, everyone panicking. And there just being a lot of confusion, as you don't seem to have any poison in your body, besides the initial bite marks, there's nothing that appears to be wrong with you, and you don't even take any recovery time after this. That is the end of your memory.
6: Dang, who would have thought? You dodged so well! I did that! I was like, it's gonna bite you! Yeah. I was like, you don't have a choice! It has to bite <laughs> you! You. Should've, you should've just not made Time medieval.
5: paradox.
6: I do like that you kind of dodged it a lot, because from the audience perspective,
1: they're like, they know, they're like, it, it has to be bitten, like.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it was really funny though, yeah.
1: There was originally just gonna be one snake, and I was like, well, I guess the mom's here too, like. But yeah, we are going to move on to Aviath now.
0: Goo goo gaga, it's me, baby Aviath.
1: I... <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry, Jay. You may not have much to do for your scene. This is... <laughs> I love that you.
6: <laughs> I love that you knew what was coming.
0: Mother, please give me my pacifier. <laughs> Mother. <laughs>
1: it's the anime, anime where the baby talks. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
5: Goo goo ga. ga.
1: So, Aviath, you also are having this experience right now that feeling that the others have had, which is super weird for you in particular because you are suddenly incredibly small. And I mean, very small. Like, you realize quickly that this memory you seem to be having is one that should be next to impossible because you appear to be under two years old as you kind of look down at your little baby hands Um, and you are currently sitting out in a field with your mother on a blanket as an elven man with blonde hair and silvery eyes um, is standing next to you and is kind of leaning down um, after a moment in front of you and it's just like hello your name is a isn't it
0: if just kind of jumps up and down (laughs) does he know words i don't
1: you're you know very basic words um at like when you're you're not quite two years old yet so you know a couple words for sure Uh, i don't know hold on let's google real fast how many words (laughs) can a two-year-old say uh communication from one to two about 50 words or more uh, some phrases, so two-word sentences.
0: Oh, uh, okay. I don't know Baby is voice. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just stick with him waving high.
1: Okay. Yeah, he's looking at you and is smiling a bit, very kindly. Uh, and you're, you hear your mother speak to him and say, Thank you for coming to visit us, I know you're quite busy. Um, and you see this man turn and look to her, uh, it's just like, oh, no problem at all. So this is the child with wings. Yes, he definitely fits the prophecy. Um, And you see your mother nod It's just like, to be a chosen one, you have to have a spark though. And I think the wings are just because he's God touched. Um, And she kind of looks down at you with a worried expression, pats you on the head.
0: Violet just kind of smiles back.
1: And you see uh, this elven man pause for a moment, uh, kind of start to laugh actually, um, and then catches himself. And he's just like, "Hmm, God touched, yes, right. Uh, And looks back down at you, leans over a bit, and it's just like, it's an understandable concern to have. There was another asthma born with wings a very long time ago that turned out to be a false prophet, so it's good to be careful. She seems surprised by that and is just like, there was an another asthma born with wings? I was told this was the first time this ever happened. And he smiles and kind of waves his hands a little bit. It's just like, yes, yes, but again, he was a false prophet and... They lost their wings shortly after being born. I'm not surprised. No one ever talked about it. And she's just like, well, how can we know then if he is what the prophecy says? If he is going to be, you know, a hero? He looks to her and just says, I just need to confirm he has a spark. We have a lot of professionals back in the kingdom that can do just that. It might take a few years for our methods to show results, however. And he sits down fully next to you at this point and is kind of reaching a hand out next to you uh, and looks towards your mother. Is just like, may I hold him for a moment? And you see your mother hesitate, especially after he says, like, it might take a few years. And she, you can see, like, the gears turning in her head as she's trying to figure out what he means by that. Um, and she's just like, um, of course. And King Larkspur, yeah, you can hold him you see these hands kind of start reaching out to grab you.
0: Leviath puts one of the hands in his mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see him wince at that. Um, but he does pick you up and seems to be holding you and and looking you over for a moment. And just like, yes, definitely has the wings. I don't think the eye glowing isn't a problem yet at this age. And she nods and is just like, yes, Um. well when he gets older, maybe. Uh, Sometimes his father gets blinded if he looks directly in them. And you hear him laugh a little bit again at that. And he's just like, well, like I said, it takes a few years for our methods to work, but we will confirm whether or not he has a spark. I assume you want what's best for your son. And you can see that she is very clearly hesitating again. And it's hard for you to understand exactly what is happening um it seems like there's just a really long pause in this moment where they aren't talking to each other and just seem to be staring at each other as you are being held
0: has a round of applause for no (laughs) concernable reason
1: um you are clapping neither of them are looking at you
0: well now he starts to look around confused
1: Um, and as you look around and you're kind of looking at your mother and you see her mouth is kind of open a bit, uh, but no words are coming out and she just seems frozen. And there's a little bit of wind that was kind of moving her hair and her hair also just seems like it is caught in the wind without moving. And you're looking out around. Why don't you roll a perception check for me at negative five?
0: Oh boy. Okay. Not 20. (laughs)
1: Oh my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Even as a baby, he's a prodigy.
5: The most perceptive child
1: oh, that's so funny, um you see kind of off in the distance, near the edge of the forest, a very tall creature seems to be about fifteen feet tall. Um, as it is staring at you you and your mother and this other figure that is with you. And you see it kind of very slowly start to raise raise a strange appendage up into the sky as it's staring at you. And you can't really make out what this thing is from your distance, but you do very clearly see it raise an arm. And as it does so, the world starts to move again and you start to float.
0: Ooh. Aviath will try to point to it, but... He's floating, so it's a little hard.
1: Um, yeah, you just start to float out of this man's hands almost immediately. And he was not expecting it, clearly, as he tries to like hold on to you, and you just, whoop, go right up, 20 feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ooh. at first you hear your mom go, oh, oh, uh, and then um, immediately changes to just happy laughter, as she's just like, oh my gosh, oh, Larkspur, look at that! I think he does have a spark
0: he gives another round of applause and starts giggling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and you see Larkspur kind of looking up at you. That kind look kind of very quickly just washes off of his face as those silver eyes that he's staring at you with seem to grow dark. Um, and she's looking at you, doesn't seem to be paying attention to him at all. It's just like, oh, thank the gods. I knew, I knew it was him. Um, and you just hear him kind of say, yes, thank the gods. And that is the end of your memory. Alright. I'm sorry that there wasn't much for you to do. I'm like, I'm so sorry that your spirit activated as a baby. Cause like, right, because like this scene is not gonna have a lot going on for you.
0: I'm glad you just didn't make me voice a baby. <laughs> it's like I I wouldn't need time to prepare for that.
1: <laughs> Alrighty right. So we are going to move on to Brandy.
5: Uh-huh. Oh boy.
1: So you. It takes you, Brandy a long moment to adjust to this memory as it starts to come in. You're shorter than you are now, only about four feet tall, uh, and the brands that you currently have are gone. And you find yourself in a small room, damp, with the sounds of water kind of trickling off somewhere in the building. It's the only sound that you usually are used to hearing. And a strange woman has just recently come to visit you today, for the first time, wearing a mask, so you couldn't see her face as she looked at you through the bars of this room. And she gave you some picture books and some food. She talked to you for a little bit. She asked you who your father was, which is the first time that question has ever been asked to you. And then you were left alone. You currently still have those books.
5: Brandy flips through them when he doesn't think anybody's looking at him because he's scared to touch anything so when he thinks people aren't looking he flips through the books
1: uh you're leafing through these books and you land on one of them on a picture that stands out to you because it's very frightening and different from the other pictures in this book it is of an entirely black creature that has kind of been scratched into these otherwise complete illustrations um, with very bright white eyes and a beaked face staring out of the book, at out at you. Um, and as you're looking at this, it takes you a moment before realizing that the constant dripping you've grown so accustomed to has stopped. And a shadow has come in front of the barred window of your room. Slowly looks up. You look up to see crowding the hallway, um, barely fitting within, uh, as they are clearly crouching down, uh, that spider-like creature that the others have seen at this point with the piercing yellow eye looking in
5: so he doesn't really have a reaction, I don't think he kinda looks at it for a while, very just uh almost tiredly or almost, yeah I would say just tired as he's looking at it and is just like who are you?
1: Takes a moment uh, you see that eye kind of slowly close and open again as it's looking at you. Hello child. My name
4: isn't important something that you should
5: Well I ain't got a name either. I'm sorry about that. It's just the way things are. I'm here to help you. There's no helping me. I think I can. Are you with that lady that came
4: by earlier? No. Hmm. I'm going to give you something though.
5: They might take it away. Not this. Blinks in confusion. I'm going to give you
1: something. So that you can get it. And you see it freeze. Uh oh. Just completely Uh-oh. freezes. <laughs> Just completely freezes, and you see almost like the color drained out of its eye. And there is suddenly another shadow, but this time inside your room with you. Very close to you because this room is so small. And you hear next to you before you turn your head.
4: Mind if I come in?
5: The head shoots over to that person.
1: This very tall figure is standing in your room with you, not as tall as the one outside, looks to be about five feet shorter maybe, but it's hard to tell because it's crouched down to be able to fit in your room with you, um, kind of leaning over you, and you see just this completely blue figure with a plague mask on its face.
5: Have I seen anybody with plague masks before? Would I know what they uh, do usually?
1: I would say there's been enough in this time period, there's been sicknesses every now and again that you've sometimes seen guards and things have them, you've never been given them.
5: Am I sick?
4: Why are you here? Oh, no. You're not sick? Hello. Don't mind him.
5: Looks over to the spider.
4: <laughs> he doesn't know what's happening. This is the first time his own little trick has been pulled on him so he won't catch on for a while. Oh. Your brandy, Ra- oh no, not yet. No name. Just an innocent. No name, no. Do you mind if I sit
5: with you? Okay. I don't know that I'm innocent, though. Everybody around here tells me uh I'm a uh, you know monster.
1: He kind of very slowly sits down next or in front of you at that. Lets well, out a very big sigh, and it's just like, They well, don't
4: know anything. I don't think you're a monster.
5: Kind of like pulls knees to his chest uncomfortably.
4: It's unfortunate that other people decide to put labels on things, isn't it? What's a monster? What's a good person? What's a bad person? Do you think you're a bad person? Yeah. Because they told you that you weren't.
5: Yeah, I ain't never been anything else.
4: So they decided that you were a bad person. You didn't come to that conclusion on your They just told you. They have done
5: bad things everything I do is wrong
4: that's incorrect
5: looks confused
4: what you do is wrong according to them you followed your own rules everything is right
5: very confused
4: how would you like it if I told you that one day you get to leave this place
5: <laughs> that ain't No, that's not...
4: You get to see this whole country. And make friends, so many
5: friends. Don't... Is this some kind of...
4: joke, or... No, no, it's not a joke. There are people who are going to want to meet you, and get to know you. And they'll make you feel like you're worth something. But not right now. Not yet. You haven't had the correct experiences for that to happen. I don't know what you're talking
1: about. He? And you see him point to the creature behind the bars that still seems to be frozen. He was going to try to do things the easy way. I'm offering you something that has longevity. Sorry, you probably
4: aren't old enough for that word. Something that is going to last you a very long time, and in the future, you're going to have a lot more.
5: What do you mean?
4: I'm going to give you something you better than what he was going to give you. And you will get out of here one day. Blinks. I think, personally, you're going to make the world a lot better place. I don't know
1: about that. And you see him kind of look down at you, and can then look back out, where a couple guards are also kind of frozen off to the side. It's quite unfair how you've been treated you here. No real way to defend
4: yourself. I guess. I'm going to give you a way to defend yourself. So that you can have a chance to meet all those wonderful people. I see you got a little storybook there. That's nice.
5: Did my friend give that to you? You know the lady that came in? Yes! I visited her before, too. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was asking me all sorts of weird questions.
4: She's like that. We want to get a lot of those questions. So she comes back. A couple more times. She'll teach you how to read books. Mm. I'm going to tell you a story right now too, though okay. It's going to be important, very important. but later. Okay.
1: And you see him as he is leaning down, uh, or sitting down next to you, reach up and kind of pull off that plague mask that's on his face, and you can just see those two piercing blue eyes coming out, and this black substance underneath the mask kind of like wriggling and crawling all over his face so you can't make out anything underneath. But as he's looking at you, you feel through this memory that he is looking at you. And he's just like, uh, he just kind of starts to go into this story.
4: There once was a healer who roamed these lands. He cured the sick with only his hands. He wanted the world to be better, you see. So many had died. He needed the key to keep death at bay and keep people living. But there's always a cost and fate's not forgiving. So he stole the Black Heart pulled it out of the chest, and changed the world to what he thought was best. But he did a bad job. He picked who was chosen, while the rest of us watched our potential quite frozen. Why can't we all be equally great? Why must we live how he decides fate? So I slaughtered the sling and took up the mantle. But now there's too many, too many to handle. The world is collapsing, there's not enough here. Should I let them die slowly, or just disappear? Now things are the same, yet things are all set. We're trapped in this hell. The mess will reset.
1: And there is a, a very long pause as he's just sitting there in silence. After he tells you this, you feel like a very strange sensation kind of go over you for a moment. Not, it's like a very strange, it feels comforting, but also like there's malice in it. It's like a very weird, like blanketing feeling that encompasses you. Um, And you feel two different things seem to kind of be attached to you in this moment as he's staring at you. Um, And he's just like, And now,
4: you can tell stories too.
1: And
3: your memory fades. Thank you to our high tier patrons, Spirit, Wamulet, Big Red Dog, Keelan, Bubby, Dion Miranda, Zab, Arceus a Druid, Charles, Z, Mr. Bakudan, and V. Hello, Sparks. Just a reminder, this episode had a special cutscene in it drawn by yours truly. It's linked in the show notes if you'd like to go watch it. I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a friend of the show, Try Not to Die. Try Not to Die is a chaotic coming-of-age podcast set in Feyfall, an original world bursting at the seams with magic. With a small cast of one DM and one to two players, Try Not to Die uses D&D to tell the story of Gorgonzola, a teenage half-orc who abandons her childhood cheese farm to pursue her destiny and find her long-lost mother. When Zola stumbles upon a wild shard that contains magic itself, she's drawn into a thickly woven mystery as old as time. She'll have to bring down a corrupt empire, go face-to-face with dragons and gods, befriend and romance pirates, and also, yikes, get a degree, all before magic can bring down the world around her. A drama and comedy in equal parts with love and community at its heart. Try Not to Die is chaotic good, bad at math, and queer as hell. Listen on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you find podcasts. Or visit TryNotToDiePod.com for recaps and easy listening links. If you like the silly, more playful vibes of our campaign, you're going to love them. Though they of course have their touching and dramatic moments as well. They're linked in our show notes, so go check them out. And I'll see you next week, fellowsparks. sparks.